0: Welcome back to the I'm there Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Oi. And today, we will be covering a couple video games that are coming out very soon, some of them anyway, and some of them are coming out next year, but they were all announced in June, and it's been a pretty exciting month for RPGs in general, I would say. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited because Final Fantasy 7's 25th anniversary just happened, and they had an entire presentation just for it, where they announced a ton of shit. There was a Nintendo Direct that came out this week, and also there was a Xenoblade 3 Direct just for that game that came out as well. So there's a lot to cover here, Uh, but before we get into that, I actually wanted to give a shout out to the people on our Patreon at the start of this episode. I usually do it in the middle or at the end. This time I'm going to do it at the start because we are nearing the end of the month or the start of a new month, and it's the best time to join our Patreon because the way it works is kind of weird, and I don't really agree with this, but Let's say you joined the Patreon on the 15th. They will charge you on the 15th, and then they'll charge you again on the 1st. So if you join at the beginning of the month, it basically means that you won't get charged again until the 1st of the month of the following month. So I really encourage people that want to join our Patreon for exclusive content, episodes that only drop on Patreon, uh, the ability to duel us and stuff like that, the ability to join the I Am Their podcast Discord do it at the beginning of the month. That way you don't get charged twice. It'd be really awkward if you joined on like, let's say June 30th. And then on July 1st, they charge you again. And you might think that there's something fraudulent happening or why did I get charged twice? I don't know why Patreon does that, but they do that. So without further ado, uh shout out to the people who have been supporting us. We have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Giovanni Avelos, uh, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Ari Reynolds, CJ, WKDad1, Saw at Dabber's Gaming Cafe, and the owner of Dank Ritual, where you can get really nice deck boxes and cloth playmats. Again, that's DankRitual.com. Uh, Dan Varable Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, Red Vines, First to Home, Dallas Fernandez, Tom Wanabiki, Estadakuma, Mitchell Naus, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, KJ, Biz, Roz Weiss, Luke Feeney, Nick Stango, and last but not least, Scott Polera. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. It goes a long way. And without further ado, let's get into the show. So let's kick things off with the Final Fantasy VII uh, celebration for its 25th anniversary. This is this was pretty exciting. It's weird, though. So I didn't find out about it until like it had already concluded, and one of my friends sent me a YouTube video, and it actually was Tyree. Tyree Tensley texted me while I was at Locals. I was at Locals playing Edison Format playing my Yu-Gi-Oh, minding my business. And Tyree's like, are you watching this? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Am I watching what? Like, you can't just say that to somebody like, are you watching this? That, that could be anything in 2022. Like that, that could really literally, could. it could be anything. So when he said, are you watching this? I was low key, a little annoyed. Like, what the fuck does that mean? What am I missing? I, and honestly, I got afraid a part of like, this is, this is how fucked the world is right now. This is a little tangent, but I'm gonna just tell you guys anyway. At first, my mind immediately went to something bad. Because there's been a lot going on. I won't get into the details, but you guys know what I'm talking about. This country has a severe problem. And when he said, are you watching this? All I was thinking about was like, oh, God, please don't let there be some kind of like crazy attack on this country or something weird like that, that I'm just fully unaware of. Because I'm at local surrounded by a bunch of nerds. We're all just dueling, right? No one's looking at their phone for the news. Everyone's just playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards and just having the time of their life. So I went to something completely negative, but then he sent me a link to YouTube, and it was Final Fantasy VII, and it was the trailer that I ended up getting sent, I believe was for Rebirth, which is part two of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which apparently Remake is not the name of the entire series, it's just part one. Yeah, Remake,
1: Rebirth, and...
0: Reunion, probably.
1: Reunion, Relive, I don't know, fuck. Yeah, there's gonna
0: be... So, they also confirmed in this presentation... This is a trilogy. Now, there was a lot of speculation, especially from me, about the direction of this entire Final Fantasy VII Remake project, because part one only covers Midgar, and for people who have played the original game, which is 25 years old, which is older than some of the people listening to this right now, you fucking super kids, uh, that game, Midgar is a small part of it. Like, it—it it is the beginning. It is the prologue. It is essentially the first maybe seven hours of the game, right? Like... It's not that long, but it always feels kind of long. But honestly, if you know exactly where you're going and what you're doing, that part of the game is not very long. And they made an entire 40 plus hour game out of it, which I'm not complaining because I think Final Fantasy VII remake is one of the best RPGs I've ever played. And it low-key, high key might be my favorite Final Fantasy game ever. Next to 10, 9, 8. It's up there. It's it's in the conversation. I haven't really digested which one I like the most, but it's the only game. That I've ever gotten a hundred percent completion on. Like on my PlayStation Four, it shows Final Fantasy VII Remake is at hundred percent. I platinum it or whatever you call it. But I got like I I got everything. I got all addresses, endings, whatever. Like I got got a demo wrong, beat it on hard mode, every chapter on hard mode. I've done everything. I've gotten all the crazy materia. It's great. I love the game a lot. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I expected to like it, but I love it. So yeah, I just so want to throw that something out.
1: Something that's interesting is we already talked about this the multiple times we talked about FF7, about how it's a remake, but it's also like, it's a remake in both real life and in the universe, right? It's Sephiroth or whoever changing the timeline and doing all this crazy shit, right? So we all already kind of knew that. But then also at the same time, we always say part one is just the Midgar arc. And what's interesting and what I kind of got after watching the trailer for Rebirth is I'm not totally sure if going forward It's even going to be like, I'm not even totally sure part three or like even all the part two is even going to follow anything that happened in the original FF seven. Like, it seems like it might be moving into a legit different game sequel kind of thing. You know what I I mean? I agree
0: with you. Actually, Uh, the more I have watched these trailers and the more I've thought about it because I was speaking with our friend Gary about there's no way they can cover in three parts. If they go at the same pace, they did for Midgar, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, like, we're still in Disc One of the original game right now. We're in the beginning of Disc One of the original game. And there's so much to cover in Disc One. And spoiler alert, but, you know, Erev dies at the end of Disc One. And I'm starting to think that this game is actually going to conclude with Disc One, where she's supposed to die. And they might change how that goes. That's clearly what they're leading towards, it seems like. Um, they're alluding to this, the world is, is different, and this, this the timeline's being changed. So I think that. The end of part three is going to be the infamous Sephiroth coming down with the sword to kill her. And it it's going to be an epic fight and maybe a change of fate. That's where I think this entire thing is going. So basically, I say all that to say: I think the entire trilogy is literally either going to deviate completely, starting with rebirth, or it's gonna still loosely follow the, the base game, but it's only gonna be disc one. Like all three parts are going to literally just be disc one. And I could see that be, being done. Like that's they have enough. Even If they expand them, I think they can get disc one done in three parts realistically. Yeah, uh, and that would be and really so what cool.
1: you're saying is what you mean by that is that it's only going to cover disc one because disc two forward is just never going to happen, it's going to be a different story. I,
0: I, I, yeah, I really don't think that the game is going to go the same. I think Sephiroth going to get defeated in some way by the end of the third part and it's going to stop her from dying, maybe, and like that'll. Either it'll stop her from dying, or she'll still die, sacrificing herself to save the planet because Sephiroth yeah, has yeah. accelerated the planet's destruction with the black materia meteor, and she uses Holy earlier, and it kills her. And then, like, there's no need for part two and three, really, because or this two and three at that point, like they can just cut that out. But who knows? Honestly, this is all speculation, of course. Like oh, this, this podcast is just the conversations that Kenny and I would have. It's so
1: it's so interesting because just watching it, I was like, man, it's starting to feel like it's starting to feel like there's going to be less and less in this remake that is actually from the original game. Um, What in particular
0: makes you say that?
1: I don't know. I just like watching the trailer and like hearing what they were saying, like cloud. And I don't know, just like listening to the characters and just like watching what was happening. So the
0: one thing that seemed similar to me at the very least is we know that after Midgard, the very first thing that happens is you go to a village named calm and cloud talks to you guys about Sephiroth's past. He talks mm-hmm. He talks about how they were together in Soldier. This is when Cloud was a noob and Sephiroth was godly. And they talk about Nibelheim and there's that entire arc where you yeah, actually yeah. have Sephiroth on your party. When I was watching the trailer, and it's all in PlayStation 5 graphics and you know everything. Yo. They were walking together, and Cloud is speaking, so you you can tell he's speaking to like Barret, Tifa, and everybody, and yeah. he's saying he he wants his birthright. He wants to rule the planet alongside Jenova, which is basically the same type of stuff he's saying in Calm when he's telling a story about Nibelheim and what happened. And so I was like, oh, they're literally going to do the next arc, which is the Calm arc, which everyone everyone's wondering: Am I going to get to play with Sephiroth? Like that is a yeah. huge because
1: in the original Dude, game when they showed like because if I remember that scene. They're showing Cloud walking, yes. and at first Sephiroth's not on screen, and Sephiroth kind of walks yeah, on screen and he's behind. It's like, oh my god! If
0: Sephiroth is playable for that part. Now I told Gary that there's a chance that Sephiroth will not be playable technically because he wasn't playable in the original game either. So they could choose to let us have fun or choose to not let us have fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. I said Sephiroth, he has Thunder three, Fire three, Ice three, all he has all these crazy. His attack, his base attack, just do like three thousand seven hundred. His magic just literally ends the battle whenever he does it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You get killed, he revives you with life too. It's insane. And you don't get to actually use him. He actually uses you for preemptive strike. That's the only material you have. So it makes it where you get the first action in battle. He has that on your buster sword and nothing else. And then he just has the nuts on Masamune. Like he just has everything. So I'm wondering if they will let us switch to his character when he's in battle. Or will he just straight up like the original game, take over every battle Win the battle for us, end the battle in like three seconds, and he's basically berserker. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. I think we're going to enjoy it no matter what, though. At the end of the day, like obviously, it will be fun to control Sephiroth. But if you don't get to control him and you just get to watch him go fucking ape shit, that will still be be really cool.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Rebirth is Rebirth is looking really, really good.
0: Yes, Rebirth looks really good, and I have high expectations now because of how good remake was, and we did an entire podcast episode on that, so check that out. If you haven't heard our Final Fantasy VII Remake episode, we had a special guest. We had two special guests on there for the first time. Uh, we had Anthony Simpson and uh, Chris Lin. So check that out. It's one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded because we both, I think both me and Kenny, we appreciate the game a lot. And then also having two, peop- two people on the podcast who also really, really appreciated Final Fantasy 7 Remake. And one person who never even played the original and still really, really loved the remake. Yeah, yeah. So that was a cool perspective, just to have somebody... Because a lot of people haven't played the original, I assume, at this point. Like, it's 25 years I think, old.
1: I think before... I'm getting to the point, though, where, like, before Rebirth comes out, I'm, I might have to replay the original. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I might have to stream that's a, or something.
0: That's a good idea, actually. Uh, yeah. Just because I don't remember the full story after Midgar like that. Like, I know the story of Final Fantasy VII overall, but yeah, of course, there's but... parts... Right, there's parts that I might not remember... The fine details of, like, I know the Golden Saucer is coming up, and to me, I already said this before. That's going to be fucking crazy it's looking. Be really cool. Seeing that in four K, the Gold Saucer, after just seeing what they did to uh the Sector Seven Slums, right? Like, just just what they did to Wall Market. Wall Market by itself is like this fantastical place in Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and the Golden Saucer in the original game blows Wall Market out the water. It's not even close. So I can't yeah, wait, wait to see totally that
1: four K. So that, yeah, I, I just I was thinking about it. It's just I don't remember who I was talking to recently, but somebody was talking about how I think they were re-going through an anime or replaying a game that they've watched or played a bunch of times. I don't remember what it was. I don't even remember who who it was, but yeah. we were talking, and he was saying like, "Man, it's crazy." Might have even be you. I don't know. But they were saying like, <laughs> "It's it's crazy how like it doesn't matter how many times you go through something, like you just like there's things that you forget." And
0: yes, like, no matter. It was me. We were talking about this recently because I said with Game of Thrones. There are scenes that I just legit do not remember. And I've watched Game of Thrones now over two dozen times, like actually. And there are things that I see and I'm like, I do not recall that. I genuinely Mm -hmm. don't recall that scene. So yeah, I think that uh, going through seven again, if we find time would be great. Uh, The other thing is that Final Fantasy seven integrate, which I have not played yet. is the little side story with Yuffie that is now available on PC on Steam. Yeah. So I will be actually getting a copy of that to play, and that's likely how I will play Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, because it's out on PS5, and it'll be out on Steam. I do not own a PS5 yet, and honestly, I don't really want to, because I have a PS4, I had a PS4 for a long time, and on my PS4, I can count on one hand how many games i played. Now granted, every game i played on PS4, they're God-tier games. I've played God of War, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy XV, Kingdom Hearts III, and there may be one other game that i played on there, and that's Monster it. Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World. That's great. That's, that's, the, that, that's the one. So that's the one I have 1300 hours on. So those are the five games I've played. I meant to play Spider-Man because I heard that game was insane. It was nominated for Game of the Year, but I never actually got around to it. Somebody, actually, one of my coworkers let me in a game, and I never played it. And I know that's a travesty because it's one of the best games apparently created or whatever. It's like the best Spider-Man game ever, and I just never played it, but it's sitting in my living room right now, and that's just... To say i don't really use my consoles like that yeah like i buy them and they just end up being furniture so my ps4 pro is just like a nice piece of furniture that i've played five things on and i don't think that that's really worth it especially considering ps5s i think are like seven eight hundred dollars after everything really
1: expensive and like if all the games are going to be on pc anyway it's like well if you already have a pc then... yeah
0: i have a gaming pc i blatantly bought one in 2019 And I mean, even if I couldn't play something, I could just buy better parts. But like, I'm confident that my Alienware desktop can like play all the games that I want to play. Like, I'm not going to be running Battlefield on Ultra, but I can play an RPG like Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I'm going to play Integrate on Steam. Uh, I think it's like 15 bucks or something. Maybe I will get a copy somewhere else, but you know, whatever. And I want to really, really play that because I didn't even realize as I was watching this 25th anniversary celebration. That part of the stuff they were showing was from Integrate. I had no idea. I, Yo, could...
1: I was like, me too. Okay. I was cause I cause I didn't really get to see uh any I didn't get to see any integrate either. Right. And uh so I was watching it and I was like getting hype and then I was like, wait a minute, that's all stuff that's already out. Yeah, bro, I was
0: genuinely <laughs> shocked. I saw cause there was like this really cool dude with a katana and he had yeah, yeah, yeah. white, spiked great, like white hair and he was doing all these cool ass movements, and he did this move where he like zipped past somebody and sheathed his sword, like you know how samurais do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, what the fuck is that? Because you know they add characters, <laughs> like the one guy he added for part one. I love the offense. guy they added. I yeah, forget his name. Me but too. Yeah, like they add characters. So I was like, okay, it's not out of the realm that they would just add someone. I was like, I don't know who that is, but in general, watching Yuffie, there was Yuffie gameplay in there, and there was other stuff, and I was like, oh, I thought this was part of the next installment, but it's actually just the DLC attached to a remake. So yeah. I need to play that. Need to play that.
1: Um yeah, this Final Fantasy, I'm gonna just call it a Final Fantasy Direct.
0: This yes, Final Fantasy
1: Direct like was really cool. Um, but it was also weird and frustrating in some ways. So like two things that so okay, the mobile portion. First they showed off Final Fantasy the First Soldier, which is a mobile game, mobile only game that's and basically it Fortnite.
0: Looks terrible.
1: Yeah, but it, it's basically Fortnite with Final Fantasy with like soldiers for yes. Final
0: Fantasy. It looks fucking awful. I was it, sitting there looking at my screen cuz I just watched it. Before I watched the entire presentation. It's only 15 minutes I think. But I watched yeah. the entire presentation before recording this podcast. And it that was the one part of the entire thing that I sat there and stared at my screen with uh, indifferent. I was looking at my screen it, completely indifferent.
1: The thing is about that is so when it when they first when the trailer first started before anything happened, I was like, "Oh, cool. I was like, is this game finally going to come out?" <laughs> and then then it was like season 3. And I was like, "What yes. the fuck?" Yes. I was like, I was like, hold on.
0: Because
1: oh. I remember when the game got announced, and I remember saying, like, it, you know, it doesn't look that good, but yes. I could see it being fun because it'd be cool to play, like, a Battle Royale shooter, but using, like, Thundaga and stuff. Like, I could see that being yes, fun. Yes,
0: I thought the same thing, too, until I saw the actual gameplay, which just, again, it does not look good at all. It,
1: it's It, it doesn't lo- really look... But also... Looks cheap. I was just like, I, I still don't understand why it's a mobile-only game. And anyway, I just couldn't believe I guess maybe the game's doing good because it's on season three, but I have not. I was like, Oh, this game's about to come out and it's like on season three. So I don't know. It's I, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that game.
0: Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have much to say about first soldier. I think it looks garbage, but what doesn't look garbage is the other mobile game ever crisis. Uh, okay.
1: This one got me so fucking hype. And then so sad. I forgot that I was in the mobile game portion. Me too. I I was so annoyed. In my head, I'm watching this, and at first I go, oh shit, this is really cool. This is going to be like a normal FF7 remake. Yes. Yes. And maybe it'll be on like the Switch. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was so hyped. I thought the same exact thing. Oh my God, I was so sad. They
0: were like coming on iOS and Android and I immediately sunk back into my chair and was like, you motherfuckers. uh, Now granted, I think I actually will play this if it's Really, a Final Fantasy Seven remake because it looks like it.
1: With That's like, what it looks like. With yeah. Chibi
0: characters, basically, which I think are so cute. Little, little Sephiroth, little and then
1: when you go in the battle, it's just like FF Seven remake. Yeah, graphics. yeah, so when you go in the like, battle, I watched yeah.
0: Tifa and Aerith they were doing their specials, and it was straight up PlayStation Four graphics.
1: <laughs> straight up, like there was no.
0: Like, I couldn't dude, tell it was I, a mobile game at
1: all. I really want to play that, man, because like I, I'm really down for. Also, I don't know if it'll be. I don't know. Like, if it's just like an FF seven remake, but like a more like faithful remake, yeah, like, yeah. I'd be so down. But man, I just wish it was like on the Switch or something. Me like too. Not on I, I don't Forever. like that it's
0: a mobile game because I don't really play mobile games. But I, I want to play it. And I also was wondering if it was going to have some story elements that maybe were not part of the original. Yeah, just, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to miss anything. I'm at the point mm-hmm. in my life where I want to know the whole Final Fantasy seven storyline before after, which brings us to our next point. They are remaking Crisis Core.
1: Yeah, that's hype.
0: And I played the original Crisis Core actually. I don't think I beat it though.
1: I, me neither. I for some reason on the PSP, other than Birth by Sleep, I didn't really beat games. Like on my PSP, I played a bunch of game, like a bunch of games on my PSP. But I, I don't know why. Maybe it was just the time of my life. I've never really finished any of my PSP games other than Birth by Sleep. So like Crisis Core, for example, correct. I played it a lot, but I, I just never ended it. Yeah, it's weird. I
0: don't think I finished it either. I know I played it a shit ton.
1: I I ended up
0: unlocking Bahamut, a bunch of the other summons, which look, in that game, oh my god, the summons, the gold Bahamut, that shit looks wild. That game looks so good. And the combat felt good. So, I really like Crisis Core. I'm happy that it's getting a remake. I will actually be playing a remake to complete it this time. And that's gonna be really cool to just to have that experience because that's a part of the storyline that I'm kinda still foggy on. I'm I'm missing something yeah, here. Yeah. Uh Angelus, I think, is a really cool character. Genesis is a cool character. And if you ask me, outside of Avent Children, that game has some of the absolute best cutscene fights I've ever seen. Actually, I'm really talking about one in particular. It's where Genesis tries to fight Sephiroth, and it just does not work. I mean, it just does not work. That fighting scene is so cool. Actually, they kind of start off jumping him, and then it becomes a 1v1, because Genesis thinks that he's the he's that guy. And he gets fucking dicked on by Sephiroth, and the, the music changes. The second cool. the music changed, I already knew he was going to be on all bullshit, but Sephiroth came out on all bullshit. And he started slicing up that reactor like it was fucking confetti. I couldn't believe it. That's one of the coolest scenes. Just look up Sephiroth versus Genesis and angel or however you want to write it. And it'll come oh, right up. Man. It is one of the absolute best Final Fantasy fighting scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. So there's Yeah, this.
1: So when I was first watching it too, I wasn't too sure. Right? I, I watched. I was watching it, and I was like, "This is really cool. We're getting a Crisis Core remake." But then, yeah. part of me was like, "What if this is just a part of FF7 remake?"
0: That's yeah. Part <laughs> of me thought the same thing too. Then I started to look at it a little closer, and I was like, oh, yeah, these yeah. graphics are a little, you know." But so I kind of tell that way. Yeah. But yes, this looks amazing. So, I I'm happy for the Crisis Core. I'm happy for Rebirth. I'm even happy for Ever Crisis. So there's there's plenty of stuff yeah. that came out of this that's fine. First soldier can kiss my ass. And yeah, uh here's the thing I don't want.
1: Oh, the, in the very beginning, I did like they showed like memorabilia that's coming out. Oh, and... okay, we can
0: talk about that and there's one other thing. So, let's talk about the memorabilia. Uh, I definitely want the Buster Sword alarm clock.
1: Buster Sword alarm clocks cool. I think the vinyl is really cool. The vinyl of the FF7 music, like, it's such a cool thing. That's
0: going to be a nice collector's item.
1: That is going to be a really nice collector's item. Yeah. And it made me have a thought. This is so stupid, right? But sometimes, as a nerd, you think about really dumb things. FF7 and video game music in general is really good, but it's one of those things, because it's one of those things that goes underappreciated, obviously, by people that don't play video games. Right. But there's music... That are in these games that are composed by these excellent composers. That I think, if quote unquote regular people that like love classical music or whatever, like I think if they heard these compositions, they would really appreciate them. Oh, agree. It made made me have this really funny thought of like going back in time with like the FF7 vinyl and like and then, like, it becoming, like, this part of, like, (laughs)
0: culture,
1: like, Mozart. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Or, like, like, you compose this music to go along with a Shakespearean play, Yeah, like, you give the script of FF7 the Shakespeare, and he makes...
0: Because those songs, we still hear those throughout certain art pieces now.
1: Yeah, You'll be watching
0: something, and you'll just hear Mozart playing in the background, and things like that, so it it would be cool if Nobuimath's work just ends up... (laughs) Yeah, I I like the idea of that. Uh, It's kind of some Dr. Stone shit, where he starts remaking... Everything <laughs> uh really, be really cool. So yeah, I'd like the memorabilia I definitely want the Buster Sword alarm clock, and it said that it was available for pre-order. So I'm gonna check that after the podcast, see if it's still available. Pre-orders usually don't sell out, sometimes they do. Hopefully, it did. Uh, the other thing that I that I wanted to say, the release date for rebirth, so part two in the trilogy, mm-hmm. is winter twenty twenty-three. Now, I fucking hate any game that says it's coming out winter twenty twenty-three, and the reason why is because that is the one season that crosses years. So when you say winter, 2023, let's just be honest. Winter's first day is December 20th. That is the first, that's the first day of winter. And that means that those 11 days of December that are considered winter final fantasy seven rebirth could come out 2023 and December
1: or winter is a weird one,
0: right? Or it could come out in January of 2023 because it's still winter 2023 when it's january 2023 so we're either getting it at the very beginning of next year or, or we're getting it at end. the very end of next year and i hate that for us
1: yeah so there's like so it's like they gave us a release window but they didn't
0: yes i don't feel like, like it's saying winter
1: 2023 you're... is just saying 2023 it is because winter 2023 could be the start or the end of the year and i hate
0: that and i think it's really tricky and i think it's cunning and conniving and fucking evil so I, I was yeah. not a fan of seeing winter 2023 is the one season that you can't pin down to a specific period in the year. It literally represents two completely different parts of the year. Yeah. January and December. So that bothers me. Uh, but other than that, I'm excited that we actually have such a close release date regardless. Like even if it is, let's say worst case scenario, December 2023, which is only 11 days. <laughs> but like let's say it is that period next year. Cool. We're only a year and five months away from that yeah yeah it's oh yeah uh, and I guess there's been and six
1: months but yeah and there's been so many there's like so many other games that i still want to play anyway yes it's not too big of a deal i want to you know i do want to replay seven i want to maybe depending on whatever crisis comes out and if there's some way i can play it on something that's not a phone i want to maybe play that i don't know so we'll see
0: yeah we will see all right uh moving right along so xenoblade 3 i've never played a xenoblade game but kenny jeff jones a lot of other people who I know who love RPGs, Gary, Medina, a lot of people, they swear about the Xenoblade series, and they really like it. They've played the first two, uh, where Pyramithra from Smash Bros., you know, they're in the second one, and Shulk, who's also in Smash Bros., now I think about it, is from the first one, and I actually have the first one on my Switch right now. Uh, I started it, but I haven't actually gone through it, but uh, these games are highly regarded as really, really fun and good RPGs, very long games as well, lots of content. And so yeah, now, there's a, baby. now there's a third one coming out. And I watched a trailer at slash the Nintendo Direct for it before this episode. And I was blown away. The, the direct was only 24 minutes, but there's I feel like I was watching a fucking movie. It was so long in the sense that there was a lot to cover. And it was it I'm was, excited.
1: The, the Xenoblade direct had me losing my mind when I saw it. So just so everybody am I cutting no, out?
0: No, you're good. You were good right so, there.
1: Just so everyone knows. Three story will be playable completely without playing one or two. Yes. Um, so that's first of all. But second of all, so watching the direct, like you said, it was like 25 minutes or something like that. The the first, the trailer, the story sequences looked really good. I think the graphics are fucking great for the Nintendo switch. Like I love the way the world looks.
0: So they start off by explaining that the main characters, they only live for 10 years, which is kind of crazy to think about a 10 year lifespan. And there's this whole thing where they're killing, there's like these two warring nations, and they're killing each other, and when they do kill each other they get to like absorb some of the lifespan of who they kill in something called a flame clock. And the concept of that is already really brilliant to me, like the idea that we would be peaceful, but because I want to live longer, I'm willing to kill you to expand my own lifespan, which is something that people would 100% fight over. It's such a realistic thing that people would fight over. So the second I heard that time is a resource in that sense uh, of literally, if I kill you, I get to live longer. Therefore I will kill you and your people that, that concept will definitely cause wars, but there's like people behind the scenes pulling strings to manipulate things. So again, the two warring nations, but apparently the council that decides on a lot of things is actually comprised of both of them. So there's like some politics going on here. There's these six main characters that you play as, and apparently all of them can fight in battle. I don't know if this is consistent with other games in the Xenoblade franchise. No, so
1: it's cool. So yeah, all of them will be active in battle at the same time, and you'll be able to switch between them in battle. Yes. Which is really fucking cool. That is not in Xenoblade 1 or 2. In Xenoblade 1 or 2 you have a party, and then of that party you can pick like three of your members that you're actually actively using most RPGs.
0: Okay. Yeah, so when I was watching the gameplay and they got into battles and there was all six people active, and they all have different classes, they have a class system that is so expansive, I didn't I wasn't ready for it. I was like, oh, the main character sword user, and then the next character like shield bearer, and then the next character healer and then the next character strategist, and the next character whatever. And I thought it was going to kind of stop there. Basic classes. <laughs> and the next thing I know, they were like, and this is something that's also common. You can learn other characters' classes. So your sword character can learn healing stuff, can learn strategist stuff, can learn shield-bearing stuff. Okay, I thought it was going to stop there. Then they were like, there are these people called heroes that are a seventh character in battle. There are tons of them. They showed literally a page of them and said, this is only a handful. They said that. in the direct, There was a page of like, Twelve, and they said this is only a handful of them and they all have their own weapons and their own classes and you can yep. learn their classes so yeah. there's just like levels on levels on levels on levels on levels
1: in and this then game. On, on top of that when you learn a class just like a lot of class learning games like Bravely Default for example yeah. when you master the class you gain like permanently one of the arts from that class Yes, and so no matter what class you're in you, like let's say you're in the soldier class but you master the healer class to be able to have like some healer still active while you're a soldier. All, all right, right, so we're we back had, yeah,
0: we have some technical difficulties or some audio issues, but we are back and we were talking about Xenoblade 3 uh and yeah, I believe Kenny was explaining how the battle system
1: Oh, wasn't I was talking about games and how it is now. Yeah, and I was also talking about the the class system and all the changes in the arts and there's also, like, these double arts, apparently. I don't, I'm not 100% sure how it works, because that's not in the other games, but you can, like, get two arts and fuse them together and then, like, use one art, and it uses two arts or some crazy yeah, shit.
0: Yeah, they have called
1: that. Cards. Yeah, all that on top of, like, the class system and the mastery arts and all the different classes that you can get from not just your party, the, the extra party members, and how all that inter- intertwines with, then, this whole other system... Where two characters can fuse and become like this fucking Gundam.
0: Or a as they call it.
1: And they and then that has its whole own mechanic. Yo, and that
0: part was so cool to me because so two characters confuse and it has to be like so there's six characters and each of them just has one partner. So it's like they don't have it where oh the main character confused with any of the other five. It's like, no, yeah, him yeah. and this one girl always fuse together and by, you know, it goes down the list. Anyways, when you fuse just like Gogeta and Vegito, there's two forms of the fusion. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to be based on one character more, and the <laughs> other was going to be based on a dominant version of the other character. And I think that is yeah. so fire. That they made a Vegito and Gogeta version <laughs> of each fusion, and you literally see them swapping between the two. They say, depending on the situation, you may need to switch up which one you use. So, yeah. really well thought out. I don't know where the company that makes Xenoblade found the time, to do all of the shit that's in this game. There's so much going on with just the combat system, and then the story itself seems extremely robust. The combat seems extremely robust. Uh, The one thing I will say, and this always scares me when I watch demos or like any kind of presentation before a game comes out, there's a lot going on. There's six characters on screen, and there's enemies, and they're huge. And it looked very, very frame-skippy when I was watching the presentation. A lot of the battles... Just look like they would slow down a bit, uh, because of all of the effects that were happening. And this is something that I experienced on other switch games like Monster Rise. I actually turned down the hit effects because there's those special effects can just fuck the frame rate. To put it bluntly, they they just do. So I was wondering if like that's a thing in Xenoblade games where they they kind of just drop frames a bit because of how much is going on in the fights, or if they're naturally a little slower.
1: Yeah, so about that. Expect in Xenoblade 2, I remember there was definitely some frame drops. And it could be annoying. I think that at, it annoys other people more than it does me. For me, it depends. I like some games I when I play it for enough hours, I get so into it that the frame drops kind of stop bothering me. Yeah, and like I, I know it's exactly noticing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know some people like add it. So like I'm a PC gamer, but I'm not like a PC elitist. Where there's some people that are like PC gamers and like if they're not like getting 120 FPS high fidelity at all times. And it like drops what they like, they can't, the game's unplayable. Yeah. I'm not really like that. <laughs> um, and so like that happens in Xenoblade two, like breath of the wild, it happens. And I don't know. I kind of just like get used to it and like, play through because like I'm the game still in general looks really good. And, yeah. So it
0: happens out, in so. Moss Hunter rise, which is the game I play on the switch the most. I actually realized today that I have 400 hours now, like over 400. And so I played that game. I've played that game a lot and I played that game a lot and I will be playing Sunbreak even more, but uh, it drops frames, and I main Longsword is one of my primary weapons, which yeah. actually does counters. What I realized, though, is that it actually doesn't hurt me, it helps me in a weird way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It slows I've heard down that.
0: so bad sometimes that I can blatantly just see the monster's animation better, and I'm able to just press the counter button at the perfect time because it just slowed the game down. So for me, it's not annoying. I can see, I can see if I... You know, was getting my counters messed up, but I'm actually getting them easier because of the frame drops. So it's it's weird.
1: Something that's funny about that. Now I don't know the specifics because I've I don't play I don't play Monster Hunter on PC. I don't own Rise on PC. But I remember hearing when Rise came out on PC, and I think something ha- similar happened in the world that some weapons. I'm I'm not going to get this all the way correct, but I know in,
0: exactly what you're about to in say. In general, I
1: think. I, th- I think like for example, gunners. I think they, like, did less damage on PC because, like, I so on PC it's like 60 FPS, and yeah. because it's more smooth, like, piercing damage ha- did less hits or something so like that. So it actually
0: is the opposite. Uh, on PC, because it's so smooth, and because there's so many more frames, the bullets actually stay in the monster longer, and I know that sounds weird, but the bullets stay in the monster longer, and they they register more because of how smooth it is. So there's more hits when it's on PC than there are on yeah. like Monster I, World. When I play Monster World on PS4, granted I play on PlayStation 4 Pro with an SSD, so I like modded it and everything. Um, and mine doesn't have any of the problems. But when I played on regular PS4 with a regular hard drive, for sure the load times were atrocious, and it definitely has some frame drops uh, when yeah. certain things were happening. But once you like use a Pro and you just use an SSD, none of that is a thing anymore. So uh, it is true though. When you have a smoother game with higher frames per second, uh guns are just better overall and all the weapons are better overall, but like guns literally benefit from having those extra frames, you know, just in there. As if they weren't good enough. Yes, as if they weren't already. Every single Mass Effect game that's ever been created, guns have always been at the top of the food chain as far as DPS goes. They're just yeah, it's always been a broken play style. But yeah, anyway, back to Xenoblade. So I was just wondering about the frame drops because, again, this is a presentation. This is not the full game. The game's not finished. Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering the same thing about, like, the fighting game coming out soon, the platformer. It looks very, like, frame droppy, too. The one that has Arya Stark and and Bugs Bunny
1: and everything. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, you know, the game might come out and it may be way quicker, less frame drops and stuff. But in the presentation, it could look like that for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, I mean... So.
1: That's the thing. The game, Xenoblade Three, still has time to be optimized. That's not out yet. Exactly. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Um, I, I expect though the game looks really nice and it looks there's a so lot of shit in good. it. So I do think there's going to be frame drops. But yeah. I think just based on my experience with playing these types of games, I think that over time I just won't notice it anymore. Yeah. And, like, and this
0: is this is not a turn based combat
1: game, right? Uh. So I don't 100 percent know how the system's going to work out in this game, but it like. No, I, no, it, it, it's not, it's not. So, like, for example, in Xenoblade 1, right? In Xenoblade 1, you have an auto-attack, um, and in Xenoblade 2, uh, if you're within the proximity of whatever you're fighting, your character will just swing their sword, right? right. And so you freely move around in the battle, uh, and your character will swing their sword. And then you have these arts, um, and the arts all have cooldowns. So you might have backslash. Backslash is a really strong attack, and it does more damage if you hit the monster from the back. So the, you're constantly repositioning and things like that. Uh, you have attacks to do more damage on the side, things that get extra effects depending on where you hit them. Um, and so you're doing all that, and then all of your arts have cooldowns. So it's not turn-based, uh, but you do have skills that have cooldowns. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not turn-based.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering, because like in this game, if you were to stand perfectly still, will your characters get wiped out?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if if you mean just just stand perfectly still and not do anything,
0: yeah, like you don't press a single button, yeah, you'll your die. Yeah, you're dead. Idle. Okay, just wondering.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, you got to be constantly moving around, and then also you're not using any of your skills. So like, the monster kill
0: you in battle. Is there a dodge button or something?
1: No, no. So you um, there's not a dodge button. Uh, you just kind of it's it's like an RPG in that like they're going to try to attack you, and yeah. like if you're in with vicinity of the attack, like that attack will have its own accuracy and it'll hit or miss.
0: Gotcha. Can you literally move away so that the attacks have less chances of hitting you? Is that the how yeah. this works?
1: Okay. Yeah. Just trying so to get like, a grasp you,
0: of the combat since I've never
1: really played. You can be without the with outside the vicinity of the attack. So for example, like let's say a monster, um, like let's say it's like a four legged monster, right? And like it has a, a slam, like Know, let's say it's camellius sure. and camellius goes up and like does that big body slam. Yeah, like if you see him doing that, you know that attack's in front of him. And like if you can get behind him, like you you might not get hit by that attack. Okay, um but there's not like an actual dodge roll or anything like
0: that. Gotcha. That's fine. Yeah, I mean the game looks really cool. I need a, I, I there will never be enough RPGs for me to play. I love having an abundance of them and my my long list of RPGs that I still need to play. So I don't mind this at all and. I might end up just starting with this one as my true first Xenoblade game, just so that I'm playing it with other people and it mm-hmm. may become a podcast episode at some point. It's actually coming out in a month, which is fucking yeah. wild. because at the same time, Monster Hunter will be coming out with... So Monster Hunter comes out like tonight, basically. But also, Monster Hunter, the roadmap r- revealed that there's going to be all of these expansions and title updates in August and, like, in, and then again in the winter and stuff. So at the same time, Xenoblade comes out... Uh, Moss first big update will happen, and I'll be still playing Moss obviously. Granted,
1: same, same,
0: depending on how that that first title update looks, it may not be enough to hold me for long enough where I don't just like start Xenoblade anyway. But, uh, if it is yeah. right, if it is something that I can't just do in like two days, because I remember the last title update, we destroyed it, like we just had, I think it took like two days to get full everything, like Valstrax, whatever it was, like. I had everything. And then it was back to, well, that's the end of that. Like I beat Valstrax, I beat all Mother Narwa, and yeah, yeah. I've never done a Narwa quest again because it was awful, and then Valstrax, I got his full armor, which didn't take very long either, and it's busted. So, like, yeah, there was... It, it didn't take long. The expansion was was cute, but it, it just didn't take long to do everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, though, because, like, as we've seen, right, like, for example, leading up to Sunbreak, we've been playing regular Rise again, and, like, even when there's nothing to do, the game's still kind of really fun to play. It is. Um,
0: like we literally have been playing the last month, basically with like you've been playing with I don't I don't know who, but I've been playing with my friend Dennis, and you kind of jumped in too lately, and it's just been fun. Yeah. it just been very very fun to to play. Like I remember you told me like months ago, like hey I, I was playing a little bit of Rise recently and just doing stuff on it, and I've I just started doing the same thing, and it's despite yeah. having no actual goal for myself, it's still very fun.
1: Still very fun. So yeah. It's going to be tough because I'm still going to want to play Sunbreak around the time Xenoblade 3 comes out. I'm going to just have to play Xenoblade 3 cuz like I really want to play it and like you to play it cuz yeah. if we can play it and like really dig into it and maybe beat it within a week to like 2 weeks or something like that. Then we could like do a podcast episode on it or something. Yeah, that would be great. Is it know.
0: those I'm under the impression that those games take a very long time to beat?
1: They're very long. Like we're I, we're probably not gonna beat it.
0: Yeah, this, and so the way like, I like to scrub, I, I don't know, like what is that term when you like you scrub all the walls and everything? I'm I am that guy. Like
1: face scrape, like face scrape the walls. So, I, I remember when yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. And also, it's good it's you want to talk about scratching the itch, like Xenoblade games in general have Hundreds and hundreds of side quests. There is so many characters yeah, heard and about that. NPCs that like all have different little side quests and things to do, and like that. And so, there is like always so much to fucking do in that game. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: No, I am excited for that. The other thing that we wanted to discuss uh is the Nintendo Direct for the June twenty eighth was the Nintendo Direct, and it yeah, immediately yeah. kicks off with Sunbreak. So, this is the final reveal trailer before the game drops. In two days mm-hmm. from this, this direct, so we started out with this. It reveals more monsters, monsters that uh, some are returning, some are new, of course. And the gameplay looks phenomenal. Uh, I mean, the game is literally coming out tonight, so there's not too much to really say on Monster Sunbreak. We talked about it a lot in yeah, the podcast already.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we actually play it.
0: Yeah, like there's not much else to say. Like, we played the demo already. This just looks more, I'm looking at it right now. This just still looks like an amazing Monster Hunter game. I mean, this is still to me the best Monster Hunter game ever because. It has the most quality of life improvements. In fact, uh, they've added a lot of cool things. I guess that's something that I would talk about is, as far as quality of life, there's stuff now, like, just in the option menu, mounting, sometimes people would mount by accident. Now they made it where you can go in the options and make it where you can only mount by sheafing your weapon first. So, yeah. if somebody's attacking a monster that's mountable, it won't just string them up and be like, oh, fuck, I didn't mean to fuck up the mount for the other person who was, like, doing, you know, whatever they were doing. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that is really cool. You can also... Change the hit effects, like you can have it at one hundred percent, fifty percent, or twenty five percent. What that does is the visuals for how crazy attacks look, because they're very, very stylized and just vibrant, very Kingdom Hearts looking in Monster Hunter uh, Rise and Sunbreak. You can turn those effects down, so that way it probably will help with the frame drops. But I think it also will help with just being able to see your positioning and see the monster better.
1: Yeah, like I'm definitely going to have the other players' effects turned down more than my effects.
0: Same. Turning everyone's down to 25%, and I'll keep mine at like 50%, uh, and I'll be fine with that. Uh, But yeah, there's all these these quality of life improvements. Another thing, the new place Elgato, it has everything in one area with no load screens in between. So, like the canteen, the quest counter, the armory, everything is like one big screen. You don't actually go... From like, oh, I walked into this area or I walked into this area and there's like a transition effect. It's all just one big ass place. So that's a quality of life improvement as well because it's just one big HUD. Like one place, everybody's there, and we don't have to actually like pull up that quick, the menu where you kind of quick travel all around a village. Even though that's still completely usable, but you don't have to use that because everything's just blatantly there. So I I like stuff like that too. I don't think the Iceborne do anything like that. Iceborne had a second village, but I think the second village for Iceborne was better, but still not that good. Like, it was still better than Worlds because Worlds made you like World had no wire bug, so you had to actually run everywhere. And I just remember the first place in World that you're in, like the first village, I'll just call it, had a lot of verticality to it, and it was annoying. You had to climb up a lot of
1: places. I heard it's like it's a pretty big village. It is kind of like you're still kind of slow.
0: Yes. And I know that they wanted that to feel immersive and like really cool because it's like, oh, this is Monster World. Everything's super big. Everything's super realistic. Your character's gigantic. Your character looks super real. People are walking around, living their life, and doing all types of tasks and stuff. That's great. But at the end of the day, I will take what Rise did and made it where I click a button and I just oh, I want to go help prep area. Oh, I want to go to Gathering Hub. Oh, I want to go to Buddy Plaza. Like yeah. one click, boom, I'm here.
1: So it's I'll funny because Rise is a faster game, like. Rise's movement is to the point where, like, you don't even need a fast travel to get around the hub. Yeah, but like, and it also has that. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like the crazy
0: thing about it, you really don't need the fast travel thing at
1: all. You don't like because of how quick your movement. Like, if you were a rise character in world, you'd be all you'd be good. You'd be like, I don't even need the fast travel. Like, I'm good.
0: Yeah, so I really like that. It is a thing because I use it all the time, maybe out of just sheer laziness, but then I think that it just convenience I love the fact that they yeah. just add these little things that are convenient and I'm assuming that even though everything is in one big area with no load screens and sunbreak I assume that there's still probably a menu that will teleport you around to the individual stations where things are located in this town
1: I could see that like I can something, still see that being a thing something I really like about the one change with the the monster mounting thing is I pretty much never want to mount a monster but like <laughs> I will if I have to, but I just never want to mount the monster. What? What I'm so happy about now is like when you when a monster gets like downed, where they're ready to mount, they kind of sit there for a while. It's essentially a down. Yeah. Now I can just fucking true charge slash their goddamn head. Yes. And somebody else can mount them.
0: Yep. That's I'll exactly will true charge what slash happen. the head,
1: and then somebody else will mount them. It's going to be amazing. So
0: when a monster gets the ability to be mounted, somebody should for sure. Start up a true charge flash while the other character prepares to mount the monster. And in yeah. fact, I even noticed that when you first start the mount and all the the wire strings come out, the monster still takes full damage during that entire animation. So yeah. as long as you time it correctly, now it might take some use, some getting used to. But as long as you time it correctly and you press the button to mount oh. while the true charge flash is coming out, it will it will mount them before the yeah damage. yeah. Because you know once once I'm on top of it, it nerfs the damage by a it lot. It
1: nerfs the damage. Yeah, even pre sunbreak, I'd you know not pre but I'd done that a lot where. If I knew you were about to mount a monster, yeah. I would try to hit it right like yeah, before. Yeah, definitely, it's free But, but now it's just going to be so much more. Like,
0: yeah, because now if feasible. you put if you set the option to where you can't mount it without sheathing your weapon and pressing A, then like nothing you do with your weapon out will mount the monster. Yeah,
1: so I can just beat the monster up and then you know. Yeah, so you, I like that. Melt. That's a
0: quality of life improvement. The next thing in the Nintendo Direct was near Automata*, the end of Euro edition. So there's. I guess this game is being brought over to the Switch, because I don't know what it was on originally.
1: It's At this point, it's on everything. I think it was originally on the PS3. Okay. But it's, but it's on the PS4, PS3. It's on the Xbox One. It's on probably the PS5 by now. It's on Steam. It's on everything. And now it's coming the Switch.
0: So what... Can you explain this? Because you've played this, you've beat it, right? Yes. So what exactly is this game? Is this an RPG? Is it like...
1: It is an action RPG. So like so, Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, in vain vein of Kingdom Hearts. Um, obviously it doesn't play like Kingdom Hearts, but yes, it's like Kingdom Hearts and it's an action RPG. Um, and you level up, you know, you have stats, you have equipment, and it is an RPG. You play through it, there's a storyline, and it's got incredible music. It's made by Square Enix. Like, it's got... Square Enix. It's, it's got everything that you want. Like, it is... It's so hard that even... That game has had such an effect on me and the point where, like... When I think about it, I feel like my chest gets heavy because something about that game, the story, the things that happened, like the philosophy of that game kind of like spoke to me so much. And there was so much about that game that I I found so interesting and so heavy Um, and done in like also a really cool way. And they do like kind of goofy shit. There's that there's just goofy shit in the game. But while it being absurdly goofy, it's it, it's got this really serious tone in other areas too. It's it's an incredible game, awesome story, awesome character designs. Um, music is just ah, oh, I, I I want everyone to play it. I would if if you eventually play it, I would love to do a podcast episode. Well, now that it's
0: like. on Switch, it's definitely playable now more than it has ever been. So I probably get it on my other Switch, uh, and yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I'll, and I'll consider it then. Uh, the next thing is Lorelai and the Laser Eyes. I have nothing to say about this. This does not speak to me at all.
1: Uh, was that? Wait, which one was that?
0: Lorelai and the Laser Eyes. I don't really know what to make of this.
1: Um, th- like, I don't remember which game that was. It uh, just
0: doesn't look like something I would play. It's a murder mystery.
1: A maze oh, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah I remember that. It's yeah, just, I mean, it looks yeah. cool, but I'll I'll probably. It's you know, a puzzle I'm adventure.
0: Really it's just it. not for me. Super Bomberman R2. Uh, I've actually never played a Bomberman game in my life. So
1: I have they're cool, but I just like Super Bomberman R came out like when the switch came out. And yeah, yeah it's cool, but I can't see myself paying. F- it's just not a full price game like it's Bomberman, especially in 2022. It's not the kind of game you can charge $60 for. They charge 60 but, for it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Like,
0: I just looked at. It. it looks it does not look like a $6 game. So you were 100% right about that.
1: Yeah, it's just not. I just can't buy it. Like, I can't
0: buy $60 is crazy like, for that. What I just watched, no.
1: It's not $60. Cool.
0: Uh, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection is coming out, which is actually really cool. When I was a kid and playing Game Boy Advance, SP, and stuff like that, there were Mega Man Battle Network games that were out. And I always would play a little bit of them, Uh, never really fully getting into them because they were so different than the Mega Man games that I grew up on. Like, I grew up on Mega yeah, Man yeah. 8. I grew up on Mega Man X, X4, X5, X6, all of the Mega Man X series. And Mega Man Legends. Those are my main Mega Man games. And obviously I played the really, really old ones too, but those are whatever. I, Battle Network was always just like a very niche, completely different. Like it just had the name Mega Man to me, but it wasn't really Mega Man. I liked the anime though, more than I liked the actual game. Mm. The anime made Mega Man seem cool as shit with his fucking hero sword. and, (laughs) And I don't know, he was just really cool in the actual anime. But then in the game, I just felt like, I was constrained and I would love to have the Mega Man from Battle Network in a fighting game for example, right? Like if if they changed for the next Smash game instead of having the Mega Man 8 cuz that is literally like original Mega Man in Smash, if mm-hmm. they changed them from that one to be the one from Battle Network or even Mega Man X which a lot of people have asked for Mega Man X. Uh, oh yeah. But we're probably not getting that would just be hype. But I would love I would love Battle Network. Battle Network is cool as shit and it would completely change Mega Man's moveset. So Yeah, it
1: would be completely different. It'd be interesting. It's cool because Mega Man's a kind of character, not that we would see this, but he's the kind of character where if they wanted to, you could have Mega Man, you could have X, and you could have Battle Network Mega Man. Yep, and they'd you be could have Zeno, three different characters. You could have
0: his villain Sigma. There could be they could they could they could go all out for Mega Man. If they ever wanted to, if they ever got the licensing to do it or whatever is needed for that, uh they could definitely bring more Mega Man into Smash. I like how this somehow turned into a Smash conversation, but that's just the nature yeah. of the nature of Nintendo. Everything is a possibility now. So, that's true. <laughs> uh, okay. The next thing on this is something called Blanc, and oh, I'm sorry. Before Blanc is Pac-Man World repack.
1: Yeah, uh, this that actually game looks fun. fun.
0: I was, I was literally, yeah. This game actually does look fun. Pac-Man well, World. No,
1: if, if I remember, like, I'm assuming that's a remake. Of it the is. One it says repack. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that game's fun. Like I remember playing that back in the day on GameCube. Like it's legitimately a fun game.
0: Yeah. Uh, Blanc is another game that does not speak to me at all, it's literally in black and white it has a deer and little animals and it just looks absolutely fucking ridiculous it's available February 2023 I will hard pass on this
1: uh, that's a game that like, that's the kind of game that I get really, like I'm pretty interested in that, like I don't know okay. if I'll get around to playing it, but I, those like super stylized artistic games sometimes, like if they sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I do not care at all, but that's I don't know what the quality is, sometimes I see it and I'm
0: like, ooh. That's the game that'll end up sweeping the award show next year. It'll be like, it It won everything. Best story directing, best original score, best gameplay, best character design. It'll just be like, and I'll be like, what the fuck is that? I never even heard of that. (laughs) I never even heard of Block, and then here I am, like, shitting on it, but uh, after Block, it's Return to Monkey Island. This... It looks like a kid's game, I'll be honest. It has, like, pirates and very like. Oh, it, it is. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a, that's a, like, another remake kind of thing.
0: Okay. Looks very, very kiddy. Not for me, but that's the type of thing you get with, the, you know, the Switch. You're going to have that. Next is Mario and the Rabbits Spark of Hope. This looks hilarious.
1: This game is looks so hype. It like, does. It looks so fun.
0: It looks so hilarious. I think the rabbits just their design is so cursed like rabbit Rosalina is fucking a, that's a cursed image that is a cursed image
1: yeah I uh I like I like strategy games that's a strategy game yeah. um with like pretty cool gameplay so I'm pretty interested in playing that um yeah cause even
0: Mario makes even things like tennis and soccer way better by adding Mario elements oh, yeah. to it like strategy games are already not, like I find strategy games pretty fun too but then you add the Mario effect into it and it makes it even better it just enhances it so yeah yeah, Mario and the Rabbits. That's coming out. They show some gameplay for that. Nothing too crazy. Uh, next, we have Little Noah, Scion of Paradise. This oh. actually looks really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I So, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm assuming it's a roguelike type of game. Meaning that, like, it's a game that you can play and, like, what happens is kind of random. Um, And you do, you do like, runs. I might be wrong, though. But regardless, that game looks really fun. It looks kind of
0: like that game Hollow Knight that no, yeah, yeah. Used to play a lot. It has that vibe a, to it.
1: It's a side scroller. It it you know might be like a Metroidvania. I don't know. Hey, that game looks really cool. I'm very interested in that.
0: The next one is a uh, Railgrade. So <laughs> I made the joke to Kenny when I was watching the Nintendo Direct. But this is a game where you literally build train tracks and supply lines so that your things in the economy can run smoothly. Which is literally Nintendo saying. It's so bad out here with the supply chain issues we've been having that we're going to make a fucking game where you can get it right. So that way kids these days will grow up knowing how to properly manage a supply chain. That's how bad the issues are right now. Kids are going to grow up with experience on how to not have supply chain issues because they've played Railgrade when they were a kid. And they're like, oh, I know how to fix this. So... (laughs) so i just think this is one of the most ridiculous games i've ever seen literally for the gameplay footage they show you putting down tracks and shit like some kind of sims world and then they just show you simulating your trains running around and if you build it incorrectly they will crash into each other and people will die Derek, so i just think this is not Derek. yes Derek. uh next thing is rpg town the legend of right no clue what this is but it looks like a rant
1: was that the disney one no right what was that it doesn't look Disney like oh, oh, me. Oh, that was, um, that was like the, that game, I, I actually was really, that's like the farming game. It's like a farming RPG.
0: Uh, so it just says RPG Tom, the legend of right and right is spelled with an, with a W. So, um, I don't know.
1: Maybe it's not that one. It I, I forget the names of everything.
0: very childish. I don't really, I don't know. It does not look like something that me and you would play. It looks like something that a very young child would play. If I'm being completely
1: honest. Oh, wait, is it? Is this? Oh, I'm looking at. I'm just looking at the direct right now. Yeah, take
0: your time. I I don't think this is something that, um, that we would play though. It doesn't look like it.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. But go ahead. All
0: right, and then after that is Sonic Spin Dash into a new zone. Uh, so Sonic Frontier. It is an open world Sonic game. We've been hearing about this for a while, and uh, so people have been already shitting on this game because it basically looks like this. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a Sonic game. It looks like something that somebody took artifacts from Unreal Engine. Created an open world, and said, we're going to put Sonic in the game, but this is not at all a Sonic. Like, there's nothing about Sonic. Like, if you've ever played a Sonic game before, there's n- there are no Sonic elements in this fucking trailer at all.
1: It, does, it really does look like Sonic is modded into a game.
0: Yes, it looks like Unreal Engine being used with a bunch of artifacts, like open world, grass, rocks, you know, shit like that, cliffs. And then you just throw Sonic at it and call it a Sonic game, but that's actually not... What it is? It's literally Sonic modded into an Unreal Engine open world, and you call it Sonic. So yeah, it I mean, it does not have kind Sonic.
1: of fun, but it it does not look polished. I'm gonna have to really wait till I see more to see if I'm interested. in Yes,
0: this. I agree. I would not be paying sixty bucks for this the way it looks, uh, but we'll see. I also said on Facebook last night that if they don't include a child guard and they can keep it, uh, I was yeah. I was only half joking about that. But like low key, child guard does need to come back. I don't give a fuck how long it's been. Child guard was fire, yeah. and I miss it. So there's that. Uh, let's see. We got Next Disney is
1: the Disney game. And this is I don't give a fuck about this.
0: Yep. Disney Dreamlight Valley. Hard pass. I see Mickey Mouse uh, and it's not King Hearts. So yeah, uh, I live know. alive.
1: Yeah. This game. I'm very excited for this game. This is a old Japanese RPG that never came out in the West. That's being remade and now being released globally. And it's a remake, but it's being I'm sure you can tell by the art. It's the artist that did, like, Octopath Traveler. I can and literally football. see, yeah,
0: it looks exactly yeah. like it. It says multiple so, stories featuring different protagonists in time periods. So yeah, that's literally I'm, the same exact type of genre as Octopath Traveler.
1: I've known about this game, but I've never played it. And I'm really, really, really excited for it.
0: Yeah, so apparently a demo's out already, too.
1: Yeah, I think I might try the demo. Sometimes, like, sometimes demos have a bad effect where sometimes demos satisfy me and then like i don't want to like i'm not in a rush i'm not in a rush to play the game you know what i
0: mean yeah yeah yeah. i wasn't ready for that i thought you were going to say sometimes well i guess this is this is what you said i thought you were going to say sometimes demos ruin my experience or they ruin it for me in a sense that it's kind of disappointing but you're basically saying instead of it being disappointing it's kind of like well i got what i needed out of that and now i don't need to play it
1: Yeah, that happens some. Not not a lot, but sometimes it's the fact
0: that it can happen. Like we, I know and you know that no matter how much we played the Sunbreak demo, that shit couldn't stop us from playing the full game.
1: Yeah, yeah. That said, I didn't play the demo much, not because I thought it would burn me out from Sunbreak, because it wouldn't. I just didn't want to see Malzino's fight. Like I just want to like get fucked up by Malzino when I have to, and then because I'm assuming the Malzino fight in the demo is like super a harder version. It After is. I, like, play Sunbreak, I'll probably go back to the demo and do, like, super hard Mauzino, if that makes sense. It is,
0: uh, it's super hard, and <laughs> it's, yeah, it's super hard. It's so fucking hard. So, I did it because I like challenging myself in my Sonic games, and also it got me very used to using Switch to go swap, which is fucking mandatory. Like, it is, so not only for the iframes that that shit gives you, but you actually do need to use multiple things to take down enemies in this game. So I really like that They're forcing our hand. And oh wait, so
1: your, that, that flip has I-frames. Yes. Oh, cool. I didn't know. So I knew the flip was a really good reposition tool and you could maybe use it to get out of the way, but I didn't know it had I-frames.
0: So after you, uh, after we fight Malzino and Moss on a at some point, which would probably be honestly like day one. <laughs> if, um, after we fight Malzino, Look at my playthrough of Fighting Malzino, and you'll see me blatantly use it. You'll see an attack come past me, and I just flip, and nothing happens. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, it has iframes. Uh, I mean, honestly, you don't even have to watch the playthrough. You will realize it has iframes when you iframe out of a move by accident, and you're like, oh, shit. I knew it had iframes because of the people who have been playing the demo. When the demo first dropped, I follow a ton of YouTube channels, and they were talking about how this does have iframes. So, So I already knew it had it, so... When I was fighting him, I just accidentally, like, I wanted to just switch my skill and also reposition, but it ended up dodging an attack, and he hits hard as fuck, so I was happy. But yeah. All right, so we got, the next thing on this is another game that no one's interested in, Doraemon: Story of Seasons.
1: Hey, they're interested in Japan. Doraemon is, if you don't know, is, like, one of the most popular anime of all time in Japan. Yeah. Um, it's, like, a family anime, but in the West, it's, it's, like, not really a thing, so.
0: Yeah, this isn't for us. This doesn't speak to me. Uh, Minecraft Legends. So currently Steve is plaguing the, the Smash community. Uh, Steve is, is absolutely destroying the tier list, and he's the best character in the game, and all the scrubs are being carried by Steve, so now we get a new Minecraft game, or maybe not a new get Minecraft game, but a Minecraft game on the Switch that uh, Steve players can pick up and probably get better at Smash by doing so. So that's that's happening. Rants. Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, A new Dragon Quest game, I guess, or maybe a port from yeah, Japan? Yeah, I don't
1: I honestly don't know. So there's so many Dragon Quest games. I'm not sure if that, like, I don't really, I just, just like a Dragon Quest game. I don't know if this is a new one, a remake, a new, cause like they have, they have, Dragon Quest has a lot of like, uh, spinoffs. Like they have Dragon Quest Monsters, which is basically like a Dragon Quest Pokemon game. Um, yeah, this doesn't look like the conventional yeah.
0: RPG Dragon Quest that I'm used to. This definitely looks like some, uh, some other shit.
1: Yeah. I don't, yeah. So I don't know what this is. But it There's, looks cool. Yeah. But,
0: then we got what Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes.
1: Yeah, they just that game's already out. Yep, this is uh,
0: available now.
1: So they were just kind of showing it off again, like, "Hey, go buy it."
0: No Man's Sky, October seventh, twenty twenty two. Uh, yeah, yeah, No Man's Sky, A Plague Tale: Requiem Cloud version, a game that looks very, very good. Like the graphics on this look insanely high. Don't know what to think about that. Other than that, uh, Captain Velvet Meteor, the Jump Plus Dimensions.
1: Not this right. looks, I don't know, I I think it's like a strategy game, but I'm not like looking forward. Yeah,
0: these are blurbs in the uh, showcase. They're just
1: like, like, they're, this is like the sizzle reel. It's just like showing shit.
0: Yes, this is so small if you look at the red bar on YouTube for this direct. Uh, then there's Portal Companion Collection. Yeah. This was actually revealed before, and I guess they're just showing it again, but this looks interesting, but it's not something I will play, but it does look like it looks like something that would be cool to spectate a competitive version of Portal.
1: Yeah. So the next thing is what I... The, the Harvestella is the game I was thinking of where it's like an RPG farming simulator. Okay. so I, This game, I think, from what I understand, you have like, a farm, you create, like, a farm in this little village, and you build up your farm and do all this other shit with it. It's like that farm, farming sin, like, Harvest Moon kind of thing. but right. And it also, apparently, has, like, full RPG mechanics where you can go out and explore and, like, do RPG battles and shit like that, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm watching- actually looking for this game like this game looks really interesting and i'm keeping my eye on it
0: yeah it does look actually really cool it gives me dark cloud vibes if that's the case Mm. i don't know if anybody's ever played dark cloud but it was a game where you create your town literally yeah you get the materials and stuff and you can build towers and houses and banks and all types of shit and that was kind of the point of game but then it also had this rpg element where you would go into dungeons and it would be a full-on rpg in a dungeon and it would be very difficult too. So it kind of has a dark cloud vibe, but probably more flushed out because that game was very old and not very well flushed out. So, uh, personas—they're—they're was- they're all coming to the Switch. Just every yeah. Persona game is going to be on a Switch. That's what you
1: need to People know. People have been waiting for this. People have been waiting this since before Smash Ultimate, but especially when Joker got revealed for Smash Ultimate, everybody and their mom were like, "Oh, Persona Five is going to come to the Switch!" Like everybody was like. This is obviously going to be used as promotion. They're going to sell Persona 5 on the Switch. And then years passed with no word of Persona 5 coming to the Switch. And then like, they came out with Persona 5 Royal, and that didn't get announced for the Switch. And everybody was like, what the fuck? Is Persona 5 really not coming to the Switch after adding Joker to Smash? I so literally this- thought
0: when I first saw this, this was just Joker 2. I didn't You're know sad. what this was. I said, oh God, we're about to get Joker 2. And yeah, yeah. it was actually just Persona being ported. So good, good on them.
1: Yeah, I'm happy it's finally, because I have been really wanting to play this game, but um, I don't personally own a PS4 or anything like that. I never had a real way of having access to it. It coming to the Switch means that I'll actually have access to it now. As Fraser said earlier, I fucking love JRPGs. I can't get enough of them. And this game is a game that has been highly, highly regarded from a lot of people in the same way that I highly regard and other people highly regard Xenoblade. Persona 5 has been highly regarded from many fucking people. Yeah. And so it's just that JRPG I feel like I have to play at some point.
0: Uh, okay. So what's next on this list? We have... Oh, the outro. So that was it. So it ended with Persona. And that's pretty much everything. So lots of stuff coming out on the Switch. Obviously, only a few titles are actually for us. A lot of the stuff is either stuff that we already knew about or things that are for uh, different audiences. Uh, yeah. As you can see, the I am their podcast, we're pretty heavy on RPGs, I would say. That's kind of our thing. And the rest of this stuff is either kid like or just simulators that we're not interested in, like building supply chains. I'm not interested in that. That doesn't speak to me. Uh but Xenoblade is great. Final Fantasy 7 25th Anniversary is great. And also tonight is the night where Moss Sunbreak comes out, and it's all I can think about. Uh this is a, yeah. this is one of our shorter episodes, but as you guys know, we've done episodes that are well over two hours, three hour episodes. And then we've yeah. had like one or two episodes that are on the shorter end. So this is this is definitely gonna be one of them.
1: It is weird, like. Going into this episode today before we started recording, it was weird cuz like I have this feeling in my chest and in my brain where the only thing I want to do is think about Sunbreak at the moment. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like yes. I just it's yeah, I'm I'm in a cute. Them. I mean,
0: this is Capcom's biggest game. Like Monster Hunter is Capcom's oh, biggest game. You know
1: what I wanted to say before we get out of here? What's I up? I briefly mentioned this before we started the podcast. So, it's going to suck so much, right? Cuz Thursday I have to go to work. And I think one of the worst things, it's not being at work and not playing the game isn't the worst thing. The worst thing is the fact that I'm going to be at work all day and I'm going to be thinking about the game yeah. and wanting to play it or wanting to talk about it. And I think one of the most horrible things when you're like a nerd or whatever and you're a geek and you're into shit like this is when you're at work around normal people, yep. and you just want to talk about it and like nobody could possibly hold a conversation with
0: you. Yeah, their it's world is so, so different The normies. Shit. It's so interesting yeah. how they don't even realize there's this amazing thing happening right now, and they have no idea. They're just living in their fucking boring normie world.
1: Yeah, like, I just want to talk about it. Like, if I had somebody at work I could just talk about it with, it'd be dope. Bro, imagine just
0: not playing nobody. video games. Like, imagine yeah. your life, your entire life with no, vi- not even just video, no games. Just imagine a life with no, like, people live their life
1: without games i don't understand that it. is
0: insane to me
1: there is like i there's yeah there's like people that don't play games they don't i, I guess they'd argue that like they're living real life and they're going out hiking no. and shit like i guess no. that's cool but real life sucks i don't know man it's
0: get with the times real life sucks weird. guys going outside is fucking gross no one goes outside. The kids are playing Fortnite. There's a reason for that. They don't They don't play jailbreak anymore. They don't play catch a go figure girl. They don't do that. They don't play tag. Man, they freeze tag. I, that shit's dead. Stay in the house just, and play games.
1: It's Yeah, safe so here. That, that's going to be the worst part is the fact that I'm going to be at work. I'm going to want to talk about it. Did you ever do this thing? This goes for everybody. Did you ever do this thing? And like every time you do it, you almost like, you know, you shouldn't. But you try to talk about it with somebody and like, you know, it's not going to go well. And like, <laughs> But you fucking try, because you just gotta talk about it. And it's just, it's just the most awkward, terrible conversation. Like, it just does not go well. (laughs) And they're just looking at you, like, what the fuck? Like, what are you, why are you talking to me? (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, that's wild. I have a question for you. I guess I'll save it for, I was gonna ask about your work schedule, because I'm probably gonna go to AU anyway, tomorrow. uh, Just so that, like, I have some downtime from Monster Hunter yeah 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 um because like you're gonna be working right wrong with that. yeah you're gonna be yeah working.
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna be working honestly thursday friday saturday like i'm probably gonna just be like i'm probably gonna just have to do like some solo content like i'm not really gonna have i'll try to play like after work with yeah. people but like i assume a lot of people are going to be either asleep or getting ready to go to sleep and then i'm gonna be t- tired because i'll be working yeah, all night you have to sleep by something so yourself. yeah i also have to go to sleep so Unfortunately, like the day Monster Hunter comes out, like the next three days, I'm not going to get to play it much. But on the other side, uh, I only work three days a week, uh, unless I have to cover a shift. Um, but then, so after that, I have like four days where I can just kind of like, yeah, no life it and go crazy. Okay,
0: well that's good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go to AU Thursday. Originally, I wasn't going to leave the house tomorrow, but I think I will actually go to AU. I'll play Yu Gi Oh and I'll bring my Switch. But realistically. I like to socialize so much at AU that I I don't really see myself playing Mouse Hunter like in between yeah, yeah. Like, matches. Unless
1: like four people from AU bring their switch. That
0: would be nuts, but that I don't really the, the AU community that we have, like me and Gus play Mouse Hunter, Xavier somewhat. Uh, but other than that, I don't really know anyone else at AU who's cause they would have talked about it by now, I feel like, but I don't know anyone else who's really yeah, into yeah. Mouse Hunter the way I am and like plays it super hard. Maybe there's that one other kid, Armand, They call him my variant. Um, cause his name is Armand Smith and he is very similar to me in certain ways, but he's a variant. So he's definitely different, but they call him a variant and he yeah, loves my he son. But he the, said when I first talked to him about it,
1: demons.
0: yeah, when I first, when I first mentioned and him, he said that he plays melee bow and I told him to shut the fuck up. That's not a real thing. What does that mean? I th- listen. And I said, that's not a real thing. And then he pulled up a video, the fastest speed run of Narwa and it's with melee bow. And I was like, okay, that doesn't count. That's a fu- this is a meme. This is a fucking meme, and I'm not trying to hear it. So,
1: anyway, but the bow... What does melee
0: bow do? Oh, it, it does the most damage in the game. But it's like, it's a meme. So, there's a speed run of a guy using uh, Narga's bow, right? Narga, Narga, Kuga. Narga Kuga's bow against Narwa. And essentially what you do is, <laughs> once Narwa falls at any point in the stomach, is face up, you do that thing, like, I think it's called Dodge Bolt or some shit. It's one of the bow's dodge moves, but it you swing an arrow, like a physical arrow, so it's not a shot. And it yeah, does yeah. over 100 and something damage, maybe even 200 and something. It does way too much, Kenny. It does... and t- When I tell you it does way too much damage, you know how in that mission, because of the great spirit bug, or spirit bird, you have like a long bar of stamina? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So when she falls... You're just like, dodge, 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 dodge. And the damage numbers are crazy. And I think the guy beats it in a minute and 50 seconds or something. Damn. Like, he beats Narwa in a minute and 50 seconds, if not exactly two minutes. But or it's not something minutes. that
1: you could realistically do consistently no, it's every not, month. it's
0: not real. So that's why I was like, yeah. you're you're a meme. I know what you're talking about, but you are a meme. Because, like, I, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm really big into speedruns. Like, I don't do speedruns yeah, yeah, technically yeah. myself, but I, I'm really into them because they show you optimal gameplay, and I just like that. So I already knew about it, but I was like, that's not a real thing. Like, I can't be like, I'm a melee fucking bow user. Like, that's not real.
1: Yeah, that's a rant. That's
0: a rant. Anyways, we're getting out of here. As I always say, do the things that make you happy, guys. Happy hunting. Happy hunting for real. Oh, we're going to be off. Uh for the fourth of July weekend. So there will be no podcast the following Monday after this one drops because fourth of July is on Monday. So we'll be with our families over the weekend celebrating that. Uh and also playing Monster because we're degenerates. when we return, we will do a Monster Sunbreak podcast with like a little review of it, the game, and how we feel about it, first impressions, that whole thing. And then I think I'm gonna they want to get a Yu-Gi-Oh! guest. It's been a little while since we had a Yu-Gi-Oh! guest and talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! We we know we got a lot of other content out that we wanted to get out for a while now. So I'm thinking to do a Yu-Gi-Oh! guest at some point. I, I mentioned My Hero Academia, stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, we're getting out of here. Have a good, have a good day.
1: Peace.